Hello there guys, gals and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcomed in this space. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Imperial Senate Podcast, I'm your host Charlie Ashby and joining me as always are my beloved co-hosts, Nikki Kumar and Claire Stribling. Yay! (laughs) How is everyone? Good. Uh, Still here. (laughs) Still on this (laughs) earth. (laughs) The tsunami has not hit us. The earthquake has not killed us. The meteor has not struck this <laughs> space. So, so yeah, still, still on our bullshit. Oh, yeah, I just want to do a quick um, rest in peace to Bruce Willis for saving us. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. super important. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I had a crazy, crazy action-packed weekend and uh i'm enjoying my sunday evening i have a glass of wine i'm feeling feeling good ready to just chillax in my comfy clothes and talk about some stuff what what are you groaning at you were so close to perfection what did i do you said i've got a glass of wine and i'm feeling and then you went good what say fine oh sorry I'm not a poet, okay? I don't <sighs> claim to be. Can't show it. I can't show it. I truly <laughs> can't it. show it. Thank you. See, this is why Nikki and you are the writers, okay? <laughs> but the you're writers. a performing artist. You're a, you're a. I'm a bullshit artist. I read shit other people say. <laughs> 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 that's my. That's where I live. That's my comfort zone. Y'all write it. I'll say it. It'll be great. <laughs> There we go. Well, maybe next time. <laughs> That's how all these shows are structured, actually. <laughs> Claire just reads off the document that we <laughs> that we prepare cards. for her. <laughs> yeah, it actually says Charlie interrupts. <laughs> the stage directions are really elaborate, guys. You should really take a look at these. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but no, yeah, it's been a little while since we recorded. A little week off or so. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff has happened in the last, what, two weeks, three weeks? Time is weird in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few a few bits and pieces here and there. Some some fun, uh, um, I guess we got a date for, for Book of Boba recently. Mm. We got some very tasty publishing news just a few days ago, I think. Yes, we um, did. So yeah, there's there's some cool stuff going on. And then, and then of course, what I 
believe is the the crux of this episode was a, a very cool thing that came out. One hundred percent. We've had a lot of great content recently. Um, we've had obviously what if on Disney Plus to keep us, you know, entertained for the last few what, month or so. And also we've had Star Wars Visions, which came out. And that's what this episode will be mainly about. Talking about the episodes, breaking them down, and exploring what we loved, what we didn't. And I think the latter half will be very, very short. Um, yeah, I'm very, very excited to dive into that. Absolutely. What a special uh, little treat we got a couple weeks ago. I just remembered I didn't tell you how I was. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, like, just remember, like, oh, yeah, I, I exist. <laughs> yeah, um, I watched No Time to Die last weekend. Wow, well, last weekend that feels weird. Um, and I and saw I've it on Saturday. I've been riding that high ever since. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool. Go out and watch film. Um, movies are back, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Been back uh, for a while, but this one is special. This this is always a weird one for me because. Uh, no time to die was the first, like, uh, uh, like one of, one of the first. Oh yeah, I've had this planned um, moments of the pandemic that led yeah. to darkness. <laughs> it was, uh, it was like it was like April eighth, I think it was it was coming out here, mm-hmm. and um, Fandango still sent me my mobile ticket. Oh. I was like, you oh. bastards! Don't you know? God damn it! Um, Tru- truly. You're gonna have no. It, it, I had the exact same thing. It's I planned it for so long. Had like, I, if you remember, the marketing campaign was full on. Like we were, I was delving into all these yeah, theories yeah. and like it's really amped. The song came out and it was just like, oh, I just can't wait to see it. I'm pretty sure and they then, had all the like, uh, you know, like within the the theaters themselves, like the big pop cardboard standees and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm people sure yeah. those all out. People were saying that. Obviously, like when you go went to see the film, you get like a drink and stuff. Oh, the date on the cups and stuff was like twenty twenty. Um, no, that's funny. So yeah, it's like a ghost year. But yeah, uh, once you once you're in that seat and you hear that classic line rule, it's like a, it's like a wave of emotion comes over you because obviously it's the end of an era for Daniel Craig, but also it's the end of an era for or not an end of an era because the pandemic's still going and you still you haven't had your vac have your vaccine. Um, wear a mask, but it just felt so good, just so good to be back. Um, this is my first um film back in cinema as well, so to me, it felt a lot very important, very powerful as well. So it was really cool and really awesome to see that. Um, and also, yeah, at Cineworld in the UK, they have these like the mopeds used in the film, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Um, and confirmed that I would never be able to ride a moped because I forgot how big they are in real life <laughs> and how small I am. And they also had this like really cool displays of the gun barrel. You could walk behind and do like a little turn to the, like a gun barrel shot, mm-hmm. um, which you can see on my Instagram. Uh, if you're looking for uh, no Eon, if you're looking for a fat bond, call me. I'm ready to. Fulfill the mantle. Ready, ready to don the plus size tuxedo. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, sir, would you like to have a fitted tuxedo? No, anything on the on the side will do. 
the Vodka glorious. martini, shaken, not stirred. And also <laughs> like two hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's dive into Vision. Styles Vision is obviously the project which um, allowed many, many incredible Japanese animation studios to make their own style of stories, not necessarily beholden by canon. And I'm sure we don't really want to talk about that whole conversation because it's boring. Boring. Um, you so, bore me. <laughs> you, you and your canon. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. Uh, episode one, The Jewel by Kamikaze Duga. Fire. What, a to, what a way to start the shorts. Oh. Yeah, honestly, um, it it was it was. I feel like uh, this one had a lot, like a different kind of hype because it has the tie-in novel as well. Yeah. Um, so it sort of this felt like a big one. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was great. I I loved how the animation style just made it feel like you know Yojimbo or. Uh, um, Seven Samurai, you know, it just looked like mm-hmm. one of those Kurosawa films. That was cool, and like by itself, that was cool. That animation, yeah, no, seriously, the animation style for that episode was just wild. It looked like we were just like enshrouded in smoke, but we were like all. I just, it was just, it was so cool. And I will say that, like, I watched all of these in the English dub, except for this one. Mm-hmm. because it started and the look and the appeal and I'm like oh I was going to watch these in English but then they started talking and I'm like no <laughs> no 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 not this <laughs> it was just stunning just absolutely stunning and suspenseful and just the it just this this is it felt so Star Wars I know everyone's like I know like the stupid complaints online about are, are dumb because of how much of Star Wars is inspired by samurai films. But this is like, finally, we got a Star Wars samurai film, literally, like, hey, banging you over the head with it. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And what a cool, like, just that character of the Ronin, like the Ronin just being like, I just, I, I don't know. You guys say something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, for me personally, I think what what's interesting about this short is that you're right. It's very much samurai in Star Wars, but it isn't just samurai visually. It isn't just samurai in terms of like he's got a um, like a katana type lightsaber. It isn't just that he um, looks in that style. It's the way he acts too, like the Ronin aspect of it. Obviously, he's this. Um, he's got a whole backstory that we don't necessarily we don't need to know. We we don't need to follow him any further, in my opinion. But he appears. And he does this deed and, you know, you go in thinking, oh, obviously he'll be a Jedi because he's a good guy. And there's that complexity to it that, again, we don't need to delve into. It's just there. You absorb it and ultimately does the right thing. And I feel like that's what's really interesting about this whole character, this whole section. Nikki hit the, the nail on the head, the Kurosawa hill. The thing that, like, I was really excited for these shorts anyway and to see how people, how these different studios with like tackle Star Wars. But I think that really won me over was like immediately when they showed the title card, the fake title card, mm-hmm. from, like Orabesh. I was like, yeah. God damn, that's Ooh. great. And the, uh, the, the new hope poster. Uh-huh. 
I was like, oh, so cool. Like, I love it. Yeah. There were just a lot, like within, even just within the episode, a lot of great. And this is sort of the story of Visions as well. Like, you know, taking the Star Wars uh, sort of like iconography and changing it or mm-hmm. tweaking, you know, tweaking it to fit a style. And so, and this one was really good at that with the, um, the sort of like the foot soldier stormtroopers were very cool. How they, they sort of like looked like bandit foot soldiers. Um, like they weren't just in full armor. Um, that was such a cool touch. The, the droid with the little hat. The droid with his hat. Yep. Oh my God. My and, then, God. and then just things like, like the Ronin's lightsaber is actually just a katana. Like it stays, it doesn't turn on. Mm-hmm. Like that's fucking cool. It, it, like it's just it. You can pull that thing out of the of the sheath. Um, so yeah, that was uh, it's just really cool design choices. And then the fight choreography was amazing. The villain, I can't remember her name, um, but Lucy Liu. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> with the umbrella lightsaber, which uh, is just great. Again, it's just I think yeah, so much of like what you want to compliment about this is the story of visions which is um like how do you how are you going to take star wars and harness it through your creativity your uh vision (laughs) and um and and make it unique and that's that's what they all do and that's what's so cool about it yeah to me it like visions felt like the metaphorical buying a toy set. Like if you bought a Lego set for a, a group of children, every single story they make in their own heads is different. It's the exact same set, but what they do with it is what's important. And so this felt like them, uh, Lucasfilm saying, here is Star Wars. Here's the iconography, like you were saying. Here's the TIE Fighters. Here's the Stormtroopers, lightsabers. And each individual story was something different and fresh and new and personal like i think i think that's what that's like the biggest thing the biggest takeaway uh for me is how personal it all is um if you haven't watched them uh the the film make i forget i think like filmmaker focus so like special features on the extra tab uh in the disney plus um i guess section for for visions they're they're really short i think the longest ones are like eight minutes um and they're incredible uh, just to let the the makers, you know, talk about it. And some of them are just so insightful. And then, and, you know, one of them, one of this guy had this like incredible career and he's like, I, I feel like this was like a culmination of my whole career. <laughs> and it's like, damn son. Um, it. So like, it's, it's just, inc- one guy is like, I'll probably retire after having made this. And, and then he's like, but I might come back if, they want me to do Star Wars again. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just, it's just so cool to, to have seen people um, be able to, you know, go for it. And like, I guess that's an, like credit to Lucasfilm for, for giving them that palette um, because it could have, it could have been very, they could have gone in with this mentality of, you know, it has to fit a certain feel. It has to be sort of, on brand, whatever that means. Um, but they, they didn't really do that. They really gave them the space to create and to make it their own. And you see that 
there are examples of that in every single one of these episodes. We'll, we'll be pointing them out, you know, nine times in this episode. So, um, yeah, it, it was, it was just really cool. And, uh, I think it's really important, you know, important culturally, important artistically, um, that they got to do it their way. Yeah, that's another point that you hit spot on where it's like, I think I said this in my initial thoughts as well, where it's so important to understand and appreciate how these cultural stories which have existed for like centuries and passed down and how different we tell stories is. And, you know, like... There is with Star Wars, like I, you know me, like I love Star Wars. I love most of all the stories that have come out, and I don't think that uh, the stories coming out at the minute are, are bad anyway. But I feel like there's just something about expanding that field into different cultures because there are different storytelling st- structures and the same, maybe like themes and uh, character journeys, but. It's, done in a different way or presented in a different way. And I just think it's interesting to see those, those voices have a shot at once to mm-hmm. do this because, you know, there's been a lot of white Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that is of course the, one of the, you know, original Star Wars conversations of, you know, whether, whether you want to even take it back to Campbell and how it's, you know, a lot of these things borrow We'll, we'll use borrow. I, I guess some people want to use stronger terms. <laughs> I'll use borrow um, of uh, a lot of Eastern storytelling philosophies or, um, you know, spiritual philosophies, stuff like that through the hero's journey and then Star Wars itself through Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was, it was very much a, I'm going to borrow this and it's going to be Star Wars. And that, that felt like a one-way transaction. Yeah, and now it's now it sort of feels like this was an opportunity to make that a conversation now, and a, like a cultural handshake of sorts. Um, and so to be able to say to like give Star Wars back to Eastern philosophy, um, I think is is so cool. And and you know when you listen to these um, filmmakers talk about it, uh, it it just matches so well in the in the Village Bride filmmaker focus. The, the guy like goes in on this um like when he describes the culture and stuff and it's like that just that just makes star wars sense and that's mm-hmm. using japanese ideas um like they fit so perfectly into uh into the star wars universe so i think that was that's a really cool um thing to have been able to do with visions to to turn that into a two-way street between cultures and 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 it came out into this, you know, nine nine episodes of just wonderful artistic integrity. Uh, just to talk a bit more about the duel itself, uh, I really love the villain. Um, you mentioned the uh, the lightsaber splitter, which I imagine you can buy on the Apple <laughs> lightsaber store. Um, <laughs> really can we cool call it design. A dongle? <laughs> yeah, the little lightsaber dongle. Um, <laughs> Uh, visually stunning. The the moment where they take the the, the sheaf off and it's the hair just pops out it was mm. fantastic. I thought that was really beautifully done. Um, got a lot of Kamari Vosa vibes from that character, you know, from Bounty Hunter, um, mm. which took me back to a very <laughs> specific time in my life, sexual awakening, if you will. Uh, 
I'm just saying, if you're wearing black and then you have cool hair, you can joke that me. Is- uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like everything about this, like you see these people do like these stories and, you know, generic white dude <laughs> doing like, yeah, samurai. This is what it means. It means to be cool. It's like, no, this is what samurai is. Like, this is what a Ronin is. It's the, that really cool moment with the the one stroke. The trickery and the one stroke that the lights of killing was just great. Um, I really also love the the use of the kyber crystal, like the the spiritualism of the kyber crystal throughout all all of these stories, and the way that mm-hmm. it's used. He gives it to them to like ward off evil spirits. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of interesting like through lines through all of them. Um, kyber crystals are really important. Um, a lot of them focus on this, like, you know, like, like this era of downfall. Did yeah. you notice that? Like they're like, mm-hmm. they've all sort of, whether that's using something more canony, like the clone wars or just like this concept of like shit got wrecked <laughs> and, and we're like picking up the pieces. Uh, I thought that was really interesting and it, you know, I don't know, probably someone more, uh, educated on like specifically Japanese entertainment would know better. But like, I think there's this idea of, you know, so much of like post-war post imperialism post, like there's a lot of post eras in Japanese history. Um, and I wonder if that like influences a lot of their storytelling. That's interesting. Yeah. We'd it'd be definitely cool to have someone on who's well-versed in that sort of storytelling and, um, historical background you're completely right i felt like um like post these traumatic events in terms of like japanese culture i, I can't like, delve into that more like it like said imperialism and something that's in the history and um post war obviously like you were saying but i think i think from a star wars perspective what i did appreciate in the mythical aspect of it is that it's cyclical like we see it with star wars where people are like yeah but yeah, but Darth Vader solved it. <laughs> like that's not the point. Mm-hmm. It's cyclical. This thing happens every few. Se- it doesn't matter if it's every few centuries. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand years of peace, like we see in the High Republic. Even then, there are struggles and there are difficult times. And you know, time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fucked. Um, but yeah, I really, I really did appreciate the stylistic. I like the idea of the the black and white, but with like some color. Yeah, amazing. The reds, really vibrant, cool. Really beautiful. Um, I love the um just the 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 with the like little gang that's um defending the town originally. Mm. I love the sort of diversity of character in that as well. Yes. Um, yeah. like a Trandoshan, a dove, flying dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the droid with like a fucking Gatling gun or minigun type thing. And a um, uh, yeah, like that's a little skirt. <laughs> yeah. It's just really cool, and again, if 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 you've not seen the um the the little special features, the the like director of this one is like some like a big shot dude, and he uh, he has this I guess sort of like statue. Uh, you remember? It's a be- it's a much better thing. Do you remember when they like used to have these toys? I think they were called like unleashed. And they yes. were always like doing something fucking epic. 
yeah, like the badass like swing and then the yeah. lightsaber would have like five things coming off of it. Yeah. Right, right. So it was like that, but a much higher like value version. And <laughs> okay. and he had that of a of like a Tuscan Raider. And like oh, the, the robes were like all up in the air and they were like swirling and like the gaffy stick was up. And I was like, Yeah, that guy uh that guy went hardcore <laughs> on, that, <laughs> on those designs and and it, yeah, it was just super cool, super cool stuff. That guy showed up ready to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Well, why don't we go on to the second short, which was Tatooine yes. Rhapsody. Chaos which, Teddy, um, please. I think it was one of my favorites, which Amazing. surprised me. Amazing stuff. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Tatooine Rhapsody. It is my favorite. I will go on and I will say it. I love it. I love it so much. It's so I, weird. I just got a uh, Star Waver t-shirt. Oh, that's Shut awesome. up. <laughs> I want one so bad. Yeah. They're all, they're all on Amazon. You can check them out. Oh, my God. We are blessed. Thank you, merchandising guys. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. You are te- that means you Great are technically um, funding the heart cartel. Hey, you know. <laughs> I also buy pod yeah. racer tickets, so <laughs> I also buy slaves. So yeah, <laughs> you know, salacious gotta eat, man. Salacious. Oh yeah, gotta, yeah. Eat. yeah that's, that's fair. Fun salacious. That's those fun. those those bowl of frogs went by themselves. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody's got to put them frogs in the bowl. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked this this the premise. I, the animation style was amazing. Chibi Boba Fett is one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, Chibi Ithorian dancing is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I screen grabbed the Ithorian dancing to Star Waver in the first like rock concert scene, and I literally watch it on repeat. It's so cute. I can't. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Bib Fortuna. Oh, he's great Bib as well. Adorable. He's got that little face. Fangs. Yeah, yeah. The the oh. style was was really cool, and and I, again just. What a lot of masterstroke to um, bring such like diverse studios into the project. Cause I think in the special features, they also talked about how like it initially just started with, I think two studios, the idea. And mm-hmm. um, it like, you know, just began, <laughs> began to like expand as more people were like, Oh, Hey, uh, Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, what a cool way to, you know, just make sure that you cover as much diverse interpretation as possible. It can be further away from, from the duel, like stylistically. No, th- yeah, exactly. And back to back, just near opposites. And mm-hmm. both of them just so lovely and wonderful and great interpretations of Star Wars in their own right. Like truly, like I think that's another thing that like maybe people didn't think about initially, but I think is important too. Um, They kind of do all play like an album. Like I think it is important to watch them in the order that they that they put them out in. I agree. And again, not not even for like, like obviously not for story. But like there is just a a flow and a vibe to it, and um, I, I think yeah, it's uh, it's it's I think it is part of the experience to to follow that path that they put for us. It felt very Star Wars for me because there's the same sort of lessons throughout the whole all the stories, but it's different time periods, not necessarily in the chronological order. 
um, which reminds me of just watching the films four, <laughs> four, five, six, one, two, three, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, um, and I really did appreciate that sort of the way they did that. And I, I maybe it's, it is just like a placebo effect of like the how they gave it to us, uh, the same way that we are so we we loved that watching Star Wars in that way. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like the way they went was pretty pretty great. Um, I don't want to shout because I don't think I mentioned uh, Studio Colorido uh, did Tatooine Rhapsody, and there were so many like cool ideas. Like obviously the style is awesome. Seeing uh, Chibi Boba Fett, but also voiced by Tamara Morrison was just the best. Yeah, like he still he could fuck you up, <laughs> um, and I really did like there's elements in the stylistic choice. The the microphone lightsaber was pretty cool. I uh, the, the ship. Which is also a stage, <laughs> mm-hmm. was amazing. I was like, "Oh my god, uh, Shelby Young's droid!" I can't remember the exact name of the droid. Oh yeah, so cool. Oh, so amazing. Yeah, you got the droid playing the guitar, <laughs> a hut playing the bass. I guess a new a new species on the drums. I don't think they're in anything. The free headed, uh, yeah, like three bodied man. Um, perfect, perfect yeah. for a drummer. Really cool. Again, it's just just such a great way to to put your own stamp on things, right? Like um, to to just contribute to the universe visually. Yeah, like it, it's so cool to just go for it. I think that's what's that's what's so great about this episode. It's it's so unlike you know any other Star Wars story. Um, I think like. You know, it's space opera. Usually the stakes are the world is going to blow up um, <laughs> and not we got to we got to play this gig for, so our homie lives. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a uh, it was just a really cool thing. And and then also like what's so important about all of these two, like it it had the heart. It had like the meaning yeah. behind it as well. You know, this idea of identity and I think Jay is the main character and and him being a Jedi, but also being a musician now and, you know, not being able to get rid of either. He turns his micro, his lightsaber into a microphone. Like that's just cool. That's just cool shit. A cool way to like fuse who these two separate parts of your life together. Yeah. hundred percent. And I also did appreciate the, the shot that the episode starts off with, which is a very sort of, um, scary dark order 66 mm-hmm. um, moment but then that's retroactively revealed to be a very heartwarming moment where we see uh jay at the most you know hardest moment of his life the most difficult being given solace and like love by this stranger mm-hmm. and you can it really hits home how important an act of kindness can be Mm-hmm. And what I really liked as well is that I think this is one of those rare stories where we see an Order 66 survivor have a relatively happy life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he's not like, yes, he's he's worried at certain points that he, it's because he's a Jedi that he's being wanted. But I feel like by the end of the episode, he, he's in a place of content. He's happy with who he is. He's not been drawn back into the conflict of the wider galaxy. He's just there to do what he does and bring joy to the galaxy in a different way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It, it's, uh, again, like it just feels like a story unlike any other, <laughs> um, in Star Wars. So I, yeah, I, I definitely loved it. I think it's, it's, it's really feel good. Song slaps. <laughs> Song freaking you know? slaps. Yeah, Very it's uh, point. it's just super fun. And then, and then, of course, we saw it in the trailer. But using the uh, the Bunta Eve, oh. like starting gate as your concert venue was very cool. It makes oh. makes me wonder because I know, like in Austin, the the F one track is also a concert venue, <laughs> and it's like it's like oh, maybe the Bunta Eve is the same. So is uh, yeah, so is Silverstone, yeah. Um, yeah, like I thought, I thought it was great. Like the sports venue being used for concerts just made me feel for like maybe Bunter Eve Racetrack is the the Wembley of Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. To, it's good to see it. I also, I also <laughs> really did enjoy not only the songs and the background and stuff, like seeing Jabba little do a little dance with his little tail. Oh yes, Boba Fett, you know, chilling out. Yeah. Popping along, <laughs> pretty great stuff. Um, so yeah, this is also one of the, the first instances because we, you know, we toured the cast throughout um, the press releases and stuff like that. But this was the first instance I had throughout these shorts, which happened a few times actually, where I was surprised about who the voice was. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, 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 that was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, that just yeah, that's another just like huge thing. The the cast list for all these is fucking wild. Wild. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. I was like, how what? <laughs> I was like, how because I'm so used to like being able to pick up on the voices and stuff and some of these people are so talented, it's just crazy. Um mm-hmm. Speaking of crazy, The Twins by Trigger Studio. Um yeah, I Wild. needed a cigarette after that one. I don't smoke. <laughs> I needed one. <laughs> I think I need to come down. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong in saying this was probably the most conflicted short of all of them. Yeah. I saw a lot of um, very excited and happy mm-hmm. uh, people respond to this episode, and a lot of people that did, what's the opposite. <laughs> I, I will preface this statement by saying, not a single one of these disappointed me. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say Twins is my least. Like, it's where I put, it's where I put on the bottom. Um, and not because, like, and I think that just comes down to, like, I was just least interested in what it, like, what the story was. Um, but uh, as far as, like, what it was, was fucking wild. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we have a scale of 1 to 10 for this anime. Okay, let's do 15. <laughs> like it was, it was just let's take everything to the max. If anyone understood the assignment, it was Alison Brie. Oh, oh yeah. my god, I could talk about Alison Brie's performance she, in this. She went all in. They were like, "This is like Dragon Ball Z level Star Wars." And he's like, "Okay." She then, nailed it. She yeah. kicked it out of the park. I was like, "This is this is great." They both I felt did. It transported me back to being a kid and watching like Digimon. It's like, oh, this, this is wilder than Digimon. <laughs> yeah, this is like in- Digimon's chilling out. Digimon's chilling. It's so. This is like we're getting closer to like Full Metal Alchemist, like screaming into the void. My brother's <laughs> like my soul. I've taken a part of my soul, and like, oh my god, this I was, forgot this the was- line 
The dialogue is, yeah. There's she, del- line. she delivers one line that's so fucking insane. Close to our, like, it's like, we were so close to our, perfect, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and find it. Is, I think the one, the one I always hear talked about is like, do I need to remind you of the circumstances of your creation or something yeah. like that? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, man, God. this is just so fucking insane. Um, and that's just on a dialogue standpoint, like the combat, the action, the the design, like the designs of the characters themselves, very like accentuated. Um, the fucking lightsaber, the dual like uh, colored lightsaber that can also hyperspace <laughs> cut through Star <God>. Destroyers. <laughs> Seriously, it's so oh, fucking man. it's so fucking crazy. Yeah, like. Again, talk about like how Star Wars influenced these shorts. A lot of them felt like uh, sort of indicative of some of the stories that we're used to in Star Wars. So, like you were saying, the jewel is very much the classic Seven Samurai. So we see that in like uh, the Mandalorian. We see it in Rebels. You know the classic village under siege sort of thing. This one felt like Episode Nine on crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, and I, I, I think I appreciated it for that. Like, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't my favorite. I wasn't a big fan of Neil Patrick Harris's voice. I liked him. I liked him. You're a I theater don't... kid. You're biased. <laughs> <laughs> I do have the theater kid bias, but also it's just it's just so extra that it, that it, I maybe it's a little hard for me to judge any of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think I I would agree with you, Nikki. I think this is like my least favorite. Um, again, not indicative of the, like, the creative power and, like, what, I, I don't think it's not good. It's just personally my least favorite out of all of these. Um, but I really did love Alison Bree's character. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm, I have nothing against the idea of, like, there being uh, a Sith baby project. It's, yeah. I feel like Palpatine had like fucking 50 of these just in case. <laughs> so that was fine. Uh, the Star Destroyer design was crazy, but felt very much like the sequel trilogy stuff they did. So I wasn't too bothered by that. I'm sort of used mm-hmm. to it now. Um, <laughs> the lightsaber that can cut free shit. I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah. I think that's the other thing, like for as boring as the, the canon conversation is around visions, um, there are definitely some that, can tuck in better, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like this one wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, not a not a question of quality, but um, but yeah, it, it just it it was very much out there doing its thing. Do you know what though? And I think this is indicative of what, what we talk about with canon in general. I felt like some of these stories, it's particularly this one. It's very much of the sort of told in the universe. You know how, like, we say that legends could potentially be stories told by these characters in the universe, mm-hmm. and how they represent, like, maybe that's how they were told stories, and it evolves over time. So, like I talked about in the show before, King Arthur is actually is is a combination of different people in real life who existed. Maybe this is a story that's told in the future. Like, yeah, there were two twins, and you know how like it gets exaggerated in stories and myths. Like, not only did he um, save the day, but also it was the lightsaber that could destroy for a star destroy. That's how big it was. Like that's what came to my mind, and I really yeah. appreciated it. I feel that. I feel the exact same way with um, Tob One. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I was about yeah. to say that as well. 
that that feels super in that vein as well where it's like that that feels like a legend you would tell a kid yeah um, story um bedtime story for them yeah like pinocchio vibes aside <laughs> like it is it just does feel <laughs> like the like a fairy tale the other thing i really appreciate about the twins was the fact that tatooine has cemented its place as home of the of the blonde twink <laughs> oh yeah if you're a blonde oh, yeah. twink you, you have to get to tatooine yeah um, um and i think do we get yeah we see it in in the last one as well we see it in the last one oh okay no actually you're right we see this in all of them um you were saying about threads throughout this nikki mm-hmm. the use of droids alongside the main characters and how like they relate to them. I thought it was really cool as well. It, it wasn't just the same old droids. We get a different variety of droids. We get, um, you know, particularly in this one, I feel like we had two, we had twofold. We had the one that was with, is it not Kari? Is it you? What's the other twin? Oh, uh, yeah. It's like Am and Am and Kari, right? Something like that. Yeah. It's confusing. Cause there's a like Kara. Yeah, in in a later one, uh, but yeah, I think it is something around that. Yeah, I think it's Kari. He's the he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He um, he, yeah, he's one that I I, I like you know the classic Luke Skywalker sort of it. And then we had that little shitty Death Star droid. Which the funniest thing for me was because I knew as soon as they were fighting in space, there would be this big conversation about this is so stupid. Like like Leia, why are they in space? Even though it's you know cutting and then they had the droid wear a fucking helmet and i was like this has cemented it in my mind as a genius move mm-hmm. that made me so happy i was the like droid, droid in the space suit yeah because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like i was just didn't think about it you're like fuck you <laughs> i think it's awesome <laughs> it also reminded me or the other way around because it came out later but the the little <laughs> droid in uh terrifying tales it's like the same droid, <laughs> um, helping helping the bad the bad character. It just it cracks me up. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Is that any good? It's it's fantastic. I think oh, I think easily easily one of the best Lego specials, if not the best. Wow! Ooh. We should do a commentary. About well, <laughs> you heard of a show on Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's so good. And Poe and Grabala bias aside, it's it's fucking good. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Um let's delve into have you got anything else to add to twins? Just that it was fucking wild. And yeah, yeah like yeah, you needed to you needed a break after. <laughs> I was overstimulated. After. Yeah, I needed some <laughs> soft like ocean sounds and to sit in a dark room for a while after the twins. But, you know, still had a fun ride. Fun ride. Very extra, but, you know, appreciated it. Well, you say that, but I feel like the next shot was, to me, a very nice antidote to that. Very calm. I'm glad that they put it, yeah. Considered um, beautiful. And that was The Village Bride by uh, Kinema Citrus. (laughs) Such a sweet boy. You okay? (laughs) You okay, um yeah this is gonna be this is gonna be a weird one to talk about (laughs) because i don't know what to say about it um it 
it just, it got me. So like in my body and it's just in there. It's like, you know, like you and Finn's like, it's a feeling like <laughs> that's, that's all I, that's like what I have with this. I don't know. It's some things where it's just like, it comes in and it's just there. And I think like also my, my experience with this one was a little different because this was actually the first one I saw because I was lucky to go to see uh, Shang-Chi at El Capitan and they put this one on after oh, um, wow. in the theater. So this was like my first taste of visions. And um, first of all, going back to uh, Charlie, you were saying about the seeing the MGM lion. Yeah. Getting to see the Lucasfilm logo <laughs> on a on a theater screen again. Oh. I was like, I just, I didn't know when, well, I mean, obviously 2023, but like, you know, you don't know when you're going to see that or mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see that so soon. Um, so that was just kind of like a fun thing to be in a theater again and see that little, the, the silent Lucasfilm uh, logo. It's um, magic, right? Yeah. It's just, it, there's no feeling like it. And, uh, and Shang-Chi was brilliant. Shang-Chi is a brilliant Marvel movie, brilliant action Kung Fu movie. It's it's awesome. But I watched this 17 minute thing and forgot about it. <laughs> like I this was on my mind as soon as I saw it. Um and yeah, no, it's everything about it is is magic. It's it's like that's like sort of just as we said in the transition, it's it's quiet, it's methodical, it it takes time. Um it's very it's very internal. Uh, what what goes on? So, so yeah, it the Village Bride is is absolutely my favorite of of the the nine, and um, yeah, it it's wild. I don't think I could really process my feeling on it until you just said what you just said, which is that I don't think I could talk about it either in depth because I think I need to go back. I've only watched all of these once. I I need to go back and watch it again because. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even properly tell you what happened in the story. Mm. I was so focused and blown away by the visuals of this story oh. that, like, you know, you put a cherry blossom tree in Star Wars, you've you've won me over. Yeah. Like, the visuals, the mountain, the carrying up, and, oh, the lightsaber. The design and, of that lightsaber is just so beautiful. Yeah, that was, that was so cool. Her fucking space stilettos. <laughs> oh, oh my god yeah. i forgot yeah but she when she puts those into sport mode <laughs> um, yeah no it's like again just just to start off like it's uh and, and yeah that's the other part of my experience i watched this one on tuesday night and then visions came out on wednesday and i didn't i didn't watch any of them until thursday because i was just like i'm still thinking about this one <laughs> like i can't just go i can't just jump in um, so like I sat with this for a while and then I, then I watched it a few times. I watched it in English dub, Japanese dub or Japanese original. Um, uh, I watched it in Japanese without the subtitles as well, just to like vibe with it. Um, and yeah, it's like the, there's just so much to it that is delicate. Um, even in combat, the combat is, or at least for, for F, um, the Jedi character, it's very, it's like methodical. It doesn't go, doesn't go crazy, which I think is, you know, it's similar to the duel, um, 
and that this sort of like samurai aesthetic, which in retrospect makes you just applaud how well they fucking nailed Twin Sons <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with Obi Wan and Maul in in achieving that feeling. I think when we get to the Elder, I think that also is is huge in that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean the music is is incredible. Uh, the cast, I think both both language casts are phenomenal. Um, special shout out to Christopher Sean as yes. as the husband. He is so he doesn't like say too much, but he is so good um, as the the groom. Um, and yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's, it's just fucking <laughs> like in you. I don't know what it is. It's it was just like yeah, it's a hard one. It is a hard one to talk about too because I just felt every single thing. You know, it's like it was kind of understated in a, in a lot of ways, but like the but you felt every every moment so deeply. Just like the struggle of the bride and her sister's need to fight and her need to just like want to protect the people she loves after losing so much and like how the Jedi character whose name on it I never can remember the names from this so sorry but just like her F. F like reflecting on you know this beautiful you know new beginning for this couple it's just after all of this loss and taking off the mask at the oh my god just all of this just finding the balance in between this loss and all of this incredible purpose and all of the this the opportunity that life and the world has in front of them and it's just like oh it was so much it yeah. was so much it, it it just encapsulates so many different things you know whether that's the actualization of of the you know f um just the customs of this planet uh the the, the balance of harmony or the harmony between like the force and nature and, and then, you know, the destruction of, you know, people who want to disrupt that. And, and yeah, the sister and the two, the sisters as a subplot is really cool. Cause they're both, they're both doing, or they're, they're both doing different things to achieve the same goal, right? Like yeah. they want to protect the village one, one by giving herself away, one by fighting back. Um, and so, so yeah, no, it's it's just it has so much to it, and and I think like I think the music is I think Kevin Pinkin I think is his name. Um, he just fucking nailed this music. I don't like it's 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 weird. It's like ethereal. I don't I don't have words for it all the time. Um, but yeah, I think uh, and I think going back to I mentioned the the sort of filmmaker focus. Um, one of the things they talked about was, you know, this concept of, of Magina, which is like the way they perceive the force on this planet. And, mm. and he talked about how like within Japanese culture, you know, there's this idea that like everything has this like life energy, right. Which that's, you know, force, that's baby. the force. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, like that is just, that's something that existed to them without star Wars. Yeah. And so to be able to, take that in and channel it into this star Wars story, which then like they remind the people he, so they talk about like uh, the, the bride and the groom. I they, I think they have names. I can't remember them, um, but they are, they're force sensitive. Like 
they're considered to be force sensitive, not in a way of use though. Um, and, but like they can commune with the force on the planet. And, and to that, that reminded me a lot of, you know, people like the, the Bardotans, right. Um, and this idea that, you know, is further explored in like last Jedi where like, you know, the force is not owned by Jedi or Sith. Right. Um, and they like, that's why I feel like this, this story really fits within the context of the star Wars canon story, because they're a culture that we've seen in other mediums. Like people can feel the force, if not, um, you know, use it necessarily. So I thought that was just a really cool way to ground, like again, use, use Japanese culture and ground it um, in that, but that inherently being so Star Wars. Yeah, like the Japanese sort of, um, appreciation for nature is felt, is felt very much throughout this whole short. Like you're saying, I feel like the way they view it is like the same way we view the Force. Um, the rocks, the you know, like we said, like the rock gardens and that beautiful, like I was saying, like the cherry blossom trees. You just feel the wind when you watch. The, I don't know how that makes sense. You feel the wind mm. when you watch the short. You you sort of you do commune with nature because it's so beautiful looking. Just taking everything out, the uh, you know, take everything out that's Jedi related or anything like that. It's just a beautiful short to sort of engage with and make you appreciate what we do have around us because I think that is a it, it's a theme we see throughout stars too it's, it's the colonialism it's the industrial revolution um, coming to a planet and um, you know metaphorically killing that force that connection to life through uh, oil industry just you know building all these buildings and destroying trees and nature and the Imperials are a very good um, representation of that as well, like nature being destroyed by this horrible outside force. Yeah, um, and clamping yeah. down on. And they they spell that out big time in a in a future one. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 all it all fits, and I think that also is sort of a wider point about visions, which I think is really cool. And I I think I don't know if maybe some people have missed the point. Because <laughs> of course it's fucking we're gonna put some the Star Wars on so someone's missed the point. Um but like these stories are so good because or it's like they're good not because they um use things you know from Star Wars, right? They're good because they use the ideas of Star Wars. Yeah. Right? And and they, they make them they use the ideas and they show that the ideas are very strong. Um, and that's, and it, so it's like, it's less about, Oh, I loved F. I need to see more F. Like it's less about that. It's more about the core tenets of star Wars are rock fucking solid. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why these are so cool. And that's why I know, I know a lot of people who are like, I need a sequel to this. I need a sequel to this. I need more, more, more. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not the point. No. Like, that's that's like the gluttony of fandom, right? Where we're like, ma, ma, you you gave me this perfectly crafted thing, and I want ma. <laughs> and uh, and it's like, you know, I'm I'm one of those people who go very 
Marvel vision in terms of, you know, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. And it, this almost feels like each one of these is like a, a chef crafted dish and it only exists in this moment. And it like, it can't be replicated kind of thing. So like, and, and I like, just appreciate that. Appreciate that it, it, the bones of it are these amazing Star Wars ideas and not just this idea of, well, I gobbled this one down. What's next? Um, yeah. I think people forget the key reasoning and origin of storytelling, which is to teach um, at a time where language was first developing. Mm-hmm. And we'd, you know, cave drawings and we'd, we'd, because we didn't have the internet or books, we couldn't write. So how did information and knowledge travel through speech, through storytelling? Yeah, um, myth and parable and, you know. myth. Yeah, myth, parable. And I feel like that's what's important. These stories, stories haven't changed. Fundamentally, they're the same. They're still doing that. These stories are telling us something. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is, and you're right, Nikki, people aren't listening. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's just like, uh, that was cool. What's the next one? Like, yeah, it's like, of course, like we're going to talk about the ninth Jedi in a bit. And all of these ones function, can function as pilots, which is, which is cool. Like there is more story to be given, mm-hmm. but that's, that's like, but that's every story, right? Like every yeah. good story promises a new adventure. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like, of course, it'd be cool to see what happens after the ninth Jedi or what are, what are, what is F now that F has like, you know, taken this burden off of her past and she's unmasked. Um, I guess COVID doesn't spread as much in this galaxy, <laughs> uh, but she got rid of her mask and she got rid of that braid and she's a free ass woman now. Maybe she can lock those heels into, into some cool modes. And of course she can go do some cool things. And of course it'd be cool to see that, but like, that's not the point. Like the the point is, what did the what did the village bride say? What did it speak to you? Um, and it's like that's deeper than than more can, more story. I almost said canon, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it, I think it just goes back to like uh, people just want to know shit, right? Like yeah, it's, it's we had this whole conversation weeks ago about about canon and data banking and and small galaxy or whatever, and <laughs> and it's like. You know, people just want to see things. They don't want to feel things. They don't want to like think about them. And I think that's, I think visions was a, was great at challenging that notion. It was, it was saying these are, these are sort of one shot. Like there, there can be story. And it, and if these, I would assume this was a successful enough venture that they'll probably try it again. Um, but, you know, I think, and if, and if the studios, are 100% down to either continue stories or try something new. That's awesome. But I think the point of these shorts is to say, is to say some, to say something. And that is, you know, what is my interpretation of star Wars? What do I think are the themes of star Wars? How can I show that through um, this anime style and, and more rooted Japanese ideas. And, um, and it's not about seeing what's next. And I feel like people just get too, like, I'll, like it's it's not always negative. Like we all get excited, um, but like it's like just 
sit and live in the moment a little with it, right? Like, um, just let it let it sink in. I think that that's one of my one of my biggest pet peeves with a lot of vision visions talk is just sort of this immediate jump to to more. Give me more. Yeah, it's when it it, it becomes less of a sort of extra, you know, extra feeling, a bit of, you know, spice to the meal and more of the driving force. If you walk out and your first thought is they should make a sequel, I don't think you thought. Yeah, like, let it, like give it yeah. some time you know like, what about like, this one? like why don't we enjoy this one for a minute <laughs> yeah i mean because like like with village bride like we still don't like, we started this not knowing what to say and it's been weeks mm-hmm. um and it's like that's good to me that that's really good and that's that's again what i think visions tries to challenge you that way in saying you know it's it's less about this, 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 this will happen. What will happen next? And like, actually think about the, the journeys, the revelations, the, the spirituality within each episode. Um, and yeah, so, you know, if, if they never continue any of these stories, I'm fine with that. If visions two is new studios or the same studios and brand new ideas, I'm cool with that. And if, and if the creators, are 100% on board with saying, oh yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll, like production IG is like, yeah, we'll continue the story of the Ninth Jedi because we want to, then fuck yeah, go for it. Um, but I think just this like expectation to continue them is, uh, I don't know, it was, it's a little like, feels like missing the point. Yeah, like I feel like if, you know, we had a classic story is told nowadays, you'd see an article that says deadline reports. Um <laughs> God, stupid stuff. Yeah, deadline reports. Uh, you know, famous parables to have a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to know what happens to the guy yeah. to the king who wore no clothes. The emperor's yeah. new. Uh, you know, the emperor's clothes doesn't need a sequel. But what did he wear next? That's not the point. The point <laughs> exactly. was like, fucking idiot. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a much more succinct way putting in <laughs> so if you didn't if you didn't get it up until now there you go <laughs> um let's go on to the next uh next story which we have on here toby one by science saru sorry night jedi you do that one. Oh no sorry i skipped yep. night jedi ben cut that out yeah why don't we skip on to the next story which i think i if i had to pick it might be my favorite it's uh, fire the Night of Jedi by production IG. Um, just just great. Great stuff. Um, I think, again, what I love about these stories is that they... I feel like this has been the best interpretation of the Jedi for a long time. I love the High Republic Jedi. Um, but I haven't read all of the books to comment too much on them. So I'm going to just say, like, in terms of, like, you know out of view of the Jedi. This is why I like the stoic, mm. you know, getting involved when you have to. Um, I mean, if you go to the High Republic, like, Loden Great Storm, like, when he does that thing where the gate and, like, the, the two guys are like, shooting down at the citizens, he's like, hey, maybe don't do that. And they're like, excuse me? Fuck you. And uh, By the way, this isn't in the book. This is just me um, giving a more <laughs> dramatic interpretation of it. Mm. Um, and him, like, 
getting you, know, you have to push them to the brink before they get like really angry and they'll like fight back. Like it's not the first move they go to. Um, I really appreciate it with this like um, the village bride we saw like with F very stoic didn't want to get involved too much until the end of the duel we see it like you know once you hear the citizens cry you gotta get involved the same with Knife Jedi it was a new form of how and again it's a theme that I love throughout Star Wars throughout any storytelling which is that it doesn't matter how dark the galaxy gets it doesn't matter if the Jedi get extinct again hope will always be reignited you know they're my favourite themes the dual themes of the dark times Revenge of the Sith up to um Return of the Jedi and, and even, you know, like The Force Awakens and stuff like that. It's the dual nature of tragedy meets hope. And then both existing at the same time. And there always been this little dance between good and evil. And the Night Jedi gets that perfectly. Um I really love the concept, the the lightsaber smith. Um cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just just fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, what a job. And yeah, I really loved. Uh, was it Kara in this episode? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, really great character. It reminded me of Luke in terms of sort of falling into the way of the Jedi, like for, like being pushed into the story, not necessarily looking to be involved. Um, I think I really loved from a like thematic and also um, visual standpoint was the lightsaber blade not fully reaching color. Until she decided to fully the stuff they did with that was like undoubtedly some of the coolest shit I've ever seen. It's so cool. I don't, um, think, I don't know. I know people are discussing like whether it could be canonized or not. I don't see why not. I like, guess. Yeah. I mean, again, those... it comes back to the. It doesn't really fucking matter. No. Uh, they, but, it's cool. um, but it is. It is fucking <laughs> awesome. And it, and also, it's like it's also one of those things where it's like it, it is based in canon. Yeah. Like. Obviously not as, uh, not as dramatically, but like, again, the idea that you can abuse your crystal to change its color, like mm. the, the crystal is not uh, something you go into the, the aisle on Illum and say, hey, well, this here's the green one that I want. Um, yeah. Like, right. yeah, like they, they are living, changing objects. Um, so yeah, but no, the way it was sort of played with in the ninth Jedi is like undoubtedly one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And that's again, that's what I appreciate about all these shorts is that they actually treat the Kyber Crystal as this living thing. It isn't just like, oh yeah, you mine the rock <laughs> and it gives you, like you said, green. I'll take the green one off the shelf. I'll take the um, the special blue one, please. Um, yeah. It is. It's, it's a living thing that it judges you and you have to connect with it. It reminds me a lot of like, I don't know, Harry Potter. Um, the one chooses the wizard. The wizard. Yeah, um, they are very similar. You know, it's it's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's why. That's why the gathering is one of the best Clone Wars episodes, right? Like, yeah, it is. It is a journey to a, to achieve having this kind of thing. Um, Fallen Order is the same. It's it's a it's not just this thing you have. Even though mechanics of the game, you do just pick which one you want. <laughs> but like the, in, the, in the story, it, like it is a, a mission. It's experience to get that crystal, um, and then. And yeah, it's kind of funny because I always think about that. Like when I built the lightsaber in in Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. I was like, the real like canon thing is <laughs> like I don't I don't get to choose the color. <laughs> it's like I just need the force to give me one. I should close my eyes and just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
which of course I didn't do, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a special thing. And I think that is, yeah, really well, like they, they don't even, they expand on it with this and how, you know, your color is determined by your heart and your intentions, like directly. Um, so that, that was super cool. Yeah, and the idea of um, evil always being there, not just good, always existing, um, good, and also evil pretending to be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, you have to, don't just completely trust people off the judgment of their word because they might be manipulating. And again, it's like, it's the classic Wizards of Oz don't judge a book by its cover. I thought the really cool reveal of the, because um, the, you know, it's all set up to make you feel like, the person that brought them there was the bad guy. Yeah. And it turns out he's the good guy. And it's yeah. the good people you think were good. Though. Margrave, Margrave Juro. Which fucking again, bad ass. I love it. Fucking. Um, yeah. The, the like moment when uh, she, she brings all the sabers to them and the Jedi, the Jedi air quotes. I <laughs> like, Oh yeah, let's get these. And then they all turn on and they're all fucking red. Oh, so oh cool. my God. That moment. That was, such good shit. Um, and then, and then when Margrave comes out, he's like, "Bitch, I got you." <laughs> and then, and then he grabs one, and it's like immediately green, and it's got that little ring around it. I was like, "Oh, come on!" Like, behave, behave, production <laughs> IG. <laughs> you get the uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You get the Austin Powers scolding there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I really love this. Like you said, that that moment was incredible. I love the the visual style of this one, the fighting on the lake, the the little chase through the forest was awesome. Um, and what I actually love about, I think I told you about this one, Nikki. I felt very represented in Star Wars in this in this one. Claire, yeah. do you know which character I felt represented me the most? Um. Oh god, I feel like I know this. If you don't, it's fun because it's been a while since we watched that. It has but... been a while. I'm trying to remember if there was. Oh my god, I know exactly who it is. <laughs> I know exactly who it is. Go it's on. the freaking battle droid who's on his break, and she shows up, and she's like, <laughs> and he's like, "Ugh, man, I, like ten minutes. I'm not up for another twenty <laughs> ten minutes." And she's like, "Uh, but I gotta go." He's just like, "Fuck." <sighs> <laughs> that's you Charlie too. I have never related more to a character in Star Wars than I did that droid <laughs> all he wants is to sit back and have a cup of tea <laughs> and he has to deal with everyone's bullshit it's and that he's like, hard come on fuck, like, fuck too man. much to ask for I love when they're like fighting or something and he's like oh nice <laughs> 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 he's still, still, still sipping the tea <laughs> Uh, uh, interesting, very, very cool. And again, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he makes some like little side comment to, to talk about like Japanese culture and stuff. Tea, um, yeah, yeah, is a thing we see a lot in this, when the jewel and also this. I thought it was really cool to see as well. Yes, um, I that I you know what we we didn't mention it in the duel, but that little moment where he's like, when the tea's done boiling, or when it's boiling, that's when I need you to yo step up, bro. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah that was. That was really cool, especially because um, it just really 
doubled down on feeling like a, you know, feudal Japan story, yeah. right? Or it's like, you don't have timers necessarily, or if you do, let's not use it for this. Cause it just, it just sort of grounds it in that aesthetic. So, well. yeah, and that's all classic Star Wars nature of it's, it's in the galaxy far, far away, but they still have like outdated forms of doing stuff, which are oh, yeah, really cool. Um, again, it's one of those things where people are like, why does the droid need to drink tea? Like, why not dickhead? Why does he need to wear a hat? Why not? It's cool. Shut up. Um, but yeah, really cool. I love this one. Anything else to add? I mean, just that um, I think it's very much like it sort of works really well with Village Bride as these like middle anchors because they very much um, they really do encapsulate a whole lot of different things. Um, I think Ninth Jedi is is it the longest one? It might be. I think it's fair. It's pretty long. I think in the the uh, behind the scenes video, they they talk about how like they originally had two stories, one being the Sabersmith and one being this uh, you know the the Margrave Juro plotline, um, and they they eventually were like working on these two things, and I think Lucasfilm was like, why don't you just make it longer? Like we can do that. And then they're like, okay. <laughs> um, so then they were able to sort of combine both into the the bigger story. Um, so I think it might be the longest one. And and yeah, it, it sort of allows it to do all sorts of different things. You get um, just, yeah, the whole range of emotions, the shock of uh, the red lightsaber needle drop and, and the switch of, you know, Jiro being the good guy. Um, Kara like her blade finally forming um, the loss of the father, the bladesmith who is Shang-Chi. And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then maybe the, of all of the whole series, maybe the greatest promise of adventure at the end. Cause that the shit that this episode leaves on is like next level uh, story idea. Yeah, that and that's the promise of a greater uh, adventure is arguably better than knowing said adventure. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Know, I, I don't need to know exactly what happens. Your imagination could tell those stories for you. Yeah, that that's that's what's so good about again all of these. Like it, it it's such a a great imagination challenge, you know. And it's and it's not to say that they haven't thought of these stories. I'm sure they, I'm sure if if the time came and they were able to do it, they'd do a great job. But it's like in the now, um, it, it really gets your mind firing, gets you thinking about all sorts of different things. I think they even they talk specifically about this one. Um, they imagined it being well in the the future of Star Wars timeline. Yeah, like like maybe ge- even generations past Ray Skywalker, right? And so. Um, yeah, just, just that idea alone is, is such a fun, uh, thing to sort of think about and, uh, dream about and wonder what that world is like. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just super cool, super cool stuff. Yeah. Like that's what I, what I went into the episode, um, viewing it as like far in the future. I don't know. That really like appealed to me. I know that some people will work upset because obviously 
by the nature of things, it must mean that whatever Ray does, hashtag, didn't work well. But that's not how history like works. That's not how life works. Um, it would be like saying, wow, guess, um, I guess Emperor Constantine was a failure because Constantinople fell. Like, <laughs> I mean, not, it's just like you may really. as well be asking for no more Star Wars. Yeah. Because the story will always go on. And yeah, remember, World War I was the Great War. <laughs> Before it was World yeah. War I. Yeah, <laughs> it was the war to end all wars, yeah. Oh, good luck with that. Um, but yeah, so did did any did anything anybody do? Like, did they not have moments of heroism in that war? Like, of course they did. But that's that's not how the world functions, right? So, so yeah, it's like you you may as well just be saying stop stop the Star Wars <laughs> enough because because yeah, the world is gonna keep going and Ray I'm sure will have if if we get, accept Ninth Jedi as as a canon thing, um, I'm sure Ray will have achieved many amazing great things, but you know the world isn't um, you know it doesn't just bow to one one person and. Shit's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, Claire, you got anything else to talk about? Life, did I? Um, man, this one, this one was definitely up there. One of my favorites. And just, I don't I know. I, I feel like a lot of, I feel like it's been said just so just rooting for Kara. I think we said her name was, um, and her dreams and her aspirations and and all of these people telling her, you like, oh, no, they'll pat you on the head. You'll be fine. And then when it comes down to it, her being a part of the solution and, and all of the characters in this were just so interesting and well-developed in this, this world and this idea of of wanting to, to reunite the Jedi Order after all this time. And anyway, it was a great story. I liked it. I really <laughs> I had a few moments where I literally like gasped out loud. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the drama and the execution of this episode was just so good. So that's, 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 that's it. Y'all, y'all said it. Y'all said it. I also, I also want to shout out the guy who his, by the end, his blade was turning purple. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just again, like what a cool way to show conflict. Um, like you know, the inner, the inner <laughs> conflict, right. Of, of tapping into the dark side. And I don't, I don't know like fully what his story was. I don't know if he was like, didn't they say that they, he, they approached him and I think he's, I think there's like a little bit of an explanation, which I liked. It was like they approached me and I got seduced and, you know, yeah. But again, it's like such a cool way to show falling and like falling to temptation and, and then sort of coming back out and and doing that through a lightsaber color is is one of the, again one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And so for them for the good characters to be able to recognize that and say, my man, my wolf man, whatever you are, you giant <laughs> bear dude, um, you don't have to be this. And and like yeah, and then he joins the crew. So very cool, visually, thematically. Very awesome. It's also one of those um, classic, like Doctor Who, or like or just any 
cheap film techniques where you know you've got limitations and sometimes those limitations can create great story beats yeah. and i think the the purple light zipper is one of those where yeah. you know th- th- like you said this is the longest short but still you have the that limited limited amount of time to tell these stories and visually showing the change of heart via the lightsaber is a genius move that just you know yeah. you don't need to have like five minutes going guess what i'm good now <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Diamond, diamonds are forged under pressure, right? And, Absolutely. Um, it, it's why so much of, you know, live theater on the stage, the, the limitations of that, you get creative yeah. and you, and you can, you can do incredible things with lighting and just stage presence and whatever. So I yeah. remember when I saw the, the woman in black at the uh, Drury, near Drury Lane and they had this like big boxes on the stage, which worked as like the bed. It worked as like something else. It was like the carriage. So they're sitting down on the carriage. You had the sound effects. Um, you had like the seating arrangements. It was just so good. It was just like clearly just two boxes. And yet it doesn't matter. It's to your mind. It's every single thing you, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be useful. Um, I just want to say one more thing about this one, which is shout out to Massey Oka who is my boy. Um, loved him since Heroes. And it's really cool to see him as the, the good Jedi. There we go. Uh, let's talk about the next one, Toby One, which of course was the very much Astro Boy. Uh, it was Astro, yeah. Oh, man. I also just want to say, I never thought in a million fucking years, let's make that two million years, that Kyle Chandler would be in anything Star Wars. <laughs> that, was and, an, oh, that was another thing where I was like, what the f- like, That was Kyle Chandler? Like, I was like, yeah. no way. And, uh, yeah. And, and in, in such a weird, this, this episode was a weird experience for me because as it was going, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't like the one I'm going to be super into. Um, and then by the end, I was fucking sobbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think that's, again, visions, it, it, it's strong because it nailed the ideas and, um, yeah, like it, in terms of parsing a force sensitive droid in my head it, with all my star Wars knowledge, of course that doesn't line up, but like the point is, um, it, it's about the spirit, right. And, and sort of who you are rather than what you are. And, and yeah, it was just, it was just a, a great thing. And, and some of the coolest animation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's just, you know, one of the tried and true stories where it is pretty much after boy in Wars format, but it works so well. Um, I thought it was really beautiful to see the way they, um, approach the story. Um, and when you realize that the, the master is like an order 66 survivor, like oh damn one thing i didn't get on my first go round which i really loved um and broke my heart when i saw someone suggest this was just that um someone on twitter said that their interpret i don't know if they said this in the behind the scenes stuff because i haven't seen it yet but the interpretation someone had was that the jedi master was trying to recreate his fallen powder one in droid form oh oh yeah and i was like yeah. oh damn Okay, <laughs> I don't remember that being in the 
thing. That could be an interpretation thing. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's very heartwarming or sad, heart t- touching. <laughs> it's heart pulling, whatever the fucking word is. Uh, it gets you. <laughs> And like again, when I think his name is is it like Mitaka, the the master, yeah, um, that the sort of resignation of like knowing <laughs> knowing uh, that the Inquisitor is coming and like this is it, and it, doesn't he drop the I'm one with the Force, yeah, um, line, mm-hmm. and again, yeah, that like that was such a it's 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 one of those things. It's it's like the the glorious defeat of a Jedi, right? Like, cause like a Jedi, like Mitaka is going to, d- to die and that's sad, but he's like chill with it. And that's triumphant. It's like, it's, it's the weirdest thing that happens with, with Jedi death. Right. Um, it's, it's like Luke, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of the peace and purpose, um, vibes of uh, like someone knowing this is the end, but, it's to serve a greater purpose in the end. Something that I didn't realize would ever see properly, um, but affected me a lot was seeing a droid cry. That hurt. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Especially such a sweet little being. And yeah, like I, I think more than anything, like I know that this episode, this the short was sold on the fact that it's a droid who can use the force and who or who believes he's a Jedi. But for me, I thought what was really beautiful was that he he's maintaining, and again, this links into like you know, Order sixty six was such a tragic event that affected you in different ways, and the way that this Jedi utilized that his the fact that he was alive still to help bring life to new planets is such a beautiful Jedi thought that he, he won't let his um, trauma or past. Uh, affect him to the extent that he won't still bring good stuff to the to the galaxy and the universe at large. So the mm-hmm. idea that the Jedi was, you know, bringing life to these planets and that Toby is going to continue to do that was, yeah. was a really beautiful notion, and I really did enjoy that. And again, it links yeah. to nature being, you know, linked with life and the life force of the of the universe. Right. And it was also great that he he stayed with the message of, you know, we're not leaving till we bring life to this planet. Yeah. And and so when they achieved that, that's when it was time to to go. So yeah, no, that was super cool. And then and then on the darkness side of it, really cool Inquisitor design. Um oh, yeah. very like like black knight level mm-hmm. tank man. <laughs> um <laughs> so that was that was cool and brutal, you know. Um I think when when uh when uh TOB one or Toby or whatever. Um, when he like comes out and sees the like pile of rocks for the, for the master, I was like, damn, brutal. Good on him. Much, though, for, for much better than, uh, yeah, much better than uncle Owen and emperor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think just surprisingly emotional for me, especially like, Oh, as the, you know, the first, five minutes or so I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is fun. I'll probably, probably be like more anticipating the next one or something. But no, by the end I was like, fuck, that's some good shit. (laughs) Yeah. This was one that I kind of had the, well, I wouldn't say the opposite experience. The beginning of the episode was the opposite for me because like just how adorable. And it was like Fantasia vibes meets Astro boy meets, 
uh, like broom boy story of the little kid wanting to be this great thing. And like, and the, the Luke Skywalker staring off into the binary sunset feel of TOB1 in the cutesiest little way. I just, it was so endearing immediately and so cute. And I just loved it so much. And um, and then I'm like, oh my God, adorable through the whole beginning. And then, and then my, my soul was crushed in a good way though. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this one, this one was another little special one for me too. I didn't expect, yeah, I didn't expect it to take quite the turn it did, but you know, <laughs> uh, why don't we jump on to the next one The Elder by Trigger Studios um, out of the Ooh. two one, shorts they did obviously I feel like this is a top tier one yeah this one this one was my most anticipated coming into it um, like having just read the uh, synopses and like the, you know, the weeks ahead um, this was the one I was really looking forward to to seeing and yeah I I'd put it like the yeah, top three for me, uh, for sure. It I really enjoyed this one. How about you, Claire? No, yeah, this one, this one's at, at the top for me as well. It's just so, and just the right off the bat, the relationship between our our Jedi character and his headstrong Padawan character, dreaming of adventure, dreaming of battles, dreaming of of all this stuff. You just know in the pit of your stomach, like. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is and and um yeah, I I going into this I'm like I'm going to watch this Padawan die and I'm not and it's going to be rough. It's going to be so rough, but th- one of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode besides that um besides that um that really good way of building suspense without hammering you over the head with it at least that's what i felt that their interactions their conversation and um and all of their all of the choices they made with their relationship really really spoke to that and added to that suspense for me leading up to seeing our our little our old man sith um but just like the little they there were so many tiny moments that gave this episode so much personality like I cannot get the image of the Padawan character and the little children winking at each other out of my head. <laughs> yeah, like, there were so many just beautiful little little like unspoken moments that were so special from this episode. This this was this was something else, and I love the idea of like youth and age and over time. You know. It it really is just another one of those stories where you're like, when you're young, you think you know everything. When you're old, you think you know everything. You probably don't. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you know, it's just how the like the study on how age uh, affect affects your perspective on the galaxy, especially as a kid. Yeah, and it was. Um, I think this like uh, the Dan and I think it's Tajin. Um are the two Jedi characters. And yeah, it just felt like immediately, uh, you know, they, they are a now essential <laughs> master and Padawan pairing just within like the star Wars feeling. Um, and this was, this was so like, again, just another episode that nails um, the ideas of star Wars. And I think so much of this is 
the same conversation uh, Yoda has with Luke uh, on Octo, right? Um, so much about the relationship of of age and and being the master, and your time will soon, you know, your time doesn't last forever, kind of thing. And uh, so, yeah, I think it was it was really strong on those fronts, and and then just like I think I think what excited me for this one were even before I saw it were just vibes. Cause I remember in the trailer, I saw creepy old man. I was like, Oh, I'm excited. I, I like creepy old man. Creepy old, spooky, like creepy weird. Old man. Yeah. That's the trailer. Spooky, weird, creepy old dudes. Make me happy. <laughs> ben, cut that, uh, cut that separately for us. So we can use it for the trailer. Um, yeah. Get in my DMS. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I was just really excited. Like the idea of, um, you know, as as again they build they build that tension and suspense of what is out there. Uh, I I always like this that that feeling of you know they know they're hunting evil and then when they see it, it's just this like old dude and then the old dude like su- can surprise you. Um, and so I thought that was uh that was just a really cool thing. The the Sith design ship was very cool, and then and then just like really interesting, um you know, pieces of dialogue that sort of build out what the, the history of this, this kind of universe is. And I think, uh, that the elder guy was like, um, uh, what do you use? Like the, like the Sith all like killed themselves. So I left. Um, so, cause he's like, he's not properly Sith. Like he, he's left. Uh, he's kind of out on his own. Um, but still, still causing trouble. Um, so, I thought that was super cool. I thought again, like Dan's recklessness, uh, the rec- recklessness of youth, um, then being sort of, uh, flipped with Tajin's sort of expertise at handing the elder. Um, one of the coolest kill shots <laughs> ever oh. uh, in a, in a lightsaber duel. Um, which again, just reminded me of, of twin sons and how, how much they knew what they were doing with that and what they were trying to emulate with that fight. And, you know, not about the flashy move. Same with F, even though she, she does bring some style to it. It's about the quick, the quick win. Cause the, you know, these, the, the battles are fought in the mind primarily. Um, and then for, for the Jedi to, to win out, it's, it's a quick action. Um, so I thought that was super cool. And then, then the idea that the elders like, man, if I was younger, I could have taken you. And, and I think to like, yeah, probably could have, <laughs> <laughs> um, because that again, that's like the lesson. The lesson is, you know, you know, your, your prime does not last forever. And Absolutely, yeah. you know, you have to pass on what you have learned. I think what I, there's so much about this episode that I actually really loved, this felt like the most visual in terms of like animated live action. This felt like the most high Republic Star Wars we've seen in like live action. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the, yeah. The the relationship between um the Jedi and these uh and Dan felt very much like Loden and uh Bell. Yep. And I really appreciated that. I thought it was really I really loved that little happy relationship between master and apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like you said, the elements of the, you know, 
you are you are careless like you know like the recklessness nature of it is the lesson you have to learn because mm-hmm. na- naturally we are inclined to, to be like that um if it was easy it wouldn't be a problem <laughs> but it is um visually i thought it was a great okay here's the thing so the episode started and i could not for the life of me put my finger on who was playing the Jedi Master. <laughs> and I was like, they didn't announce Harrison Ford. But it sounds like Harrison Ford. And I was like, but I, and I knew it wasn't him. But in my mind, all I could think about was, look, if Lucasfilm were going to do an Indiana Jones animated series, and they should, this man should voice him. And then at the end of the episode, I checked the credits. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> David Harbour. <laughs> what a fucking legend. Like, he did. He was incredible. Yeah. Like, the way he brought. Because it's one thing to have a character be, like a, like a Jedi character, be grounded and, you know, like content still. He's been through this stuff. But the way to deliver that voice perfectly to help emphasize that. He was just so you could you couldn't tell it's David Harbour. I didn't. I couldn't tell it's him. And it, it just felt really magical hearing that. I thought he did a really good job. And again, Lucasfilm, if you're going to do an animated Indiana Jones series, get him to play Indiana Jones because I think he sounded very much like Harrison. That might just be me, but I, that was the impression I got. No, I think I think they're very. Yeah, he's like one of those guys who just fits that that archetype i guess of character like like he could easily play a han solo he could easily play indiana kind of thing um so yeah that no that would of course be a great shout that whole their whole cast was great um jordan fisher as dan was great and uh james hong coming back into star wars um yes because he is originally the voice of uh as morrigan <laughs> which is wonderful so as morgan and the elder are the same guy and specific shout out to james hong because in the behind the scenes video they have they show him like recording his lines and at the end when he when they're like thank you james and like applauding this guy says please don't applause just send money And it's king, fucking amazing. Uh, so yeah, great, great stuff from the from the voice cast for uh, for the elder as well. Absolute king. Yeah, I, I this is one of the ones I really love. Again, design the katana sabers. I want to see more katana sabers, man. I I need to pick one up. Um, yeah, they look so good. They work just. They work so well. The same way that the was... cross, the cross, you know, you know. Kylo Ren saber works in mm-hmm. terms of like Christian design and yeah. Sorry. That was um one of those things for me that I was initially like, is it gonna feel gimmicky? I don't want it to feel gimmicky. Um but then it, it didn't. And it, it was it was sort of that scene from the Suicide Squad in my own head when I was like, Nobody likes to show off. He's yeah. like, Yeah. Unless they're showing whatever they're showing off is dope as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, fuck, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that happened in my head and yeah katana lightsabers are, are dope as fuck 
Yeah, perfect. Um, let's head on to the last two stories we've got. Uh, Lop and Ocho by Gino Studio, which is one that I was intrigued by. Like the trailer. And by the end of it, I would say it's in my top three. Yeah. I really love this story. And I think the thing that really hit it for me is a concept that we've seen in Star Wars from the beginning that seems to be underrated and not appreciated by some people. And or ignored. <laughs> yeah, straight up ignored. Ignored to fit a narrative. And I all I did was take that quote from this episode and post it with a character from a certain movie called The Rise of Skywalker. Um and I was I actually really appreciated how much people like connected with that. And, you know, it shouldn't be an issue, but it is. It's the, it's the idea that, you know, blood doesn't mean shit. <laughs> It is, you know, and we do see this with like Japanese culture as well, like um, titles and stuff hand hand down, not necessarily just the blood, but to, um, you know, you can adopt people, you can take their name, take them under your wing. Mm. It's not about blood. Blood doesn't mean anything. Blood can disappoint you. Blood can, um, I mean, look at Facebook. (laughs) Blood can disappoint you. Um, (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) It's all about the found family. It's all about the connections we make. And I think that's what I love about this one. And you know, seeing, I, one of the things I really did appreciate about this episode as well, talking about Japanese culture and just the way that things are different, was the idea of the legacy of the lightsaber being brought down this, by this family. The story that is told about how it got there felt like it could be its own visions episode. Yeah. Like, it felt like the duel where like this village is under attack and this Jedi came along and gave them the lightsaber to protect themselves and you know, as a symbol of hope. And that's what it, it should be in Star Wars. That's what it, it's not just a you know, it's not it's, it's not just a weapon. It's also a deterrent and a visual reminder of what the galaxy should be and could be. So I really I really like that element as well and I really like the, the turn of this with the sister and how power and you know even if those decisions come from good intentions, they power and evil can corrupt. You know, the famous line, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um and you see that with her. Also the blood, <laughs> eye makeup. Dope. Fucking metal. Fucking awesome, oh. right? Yeah, no, Ocho Ocho slaps, man. Ocho is like Ocho is your number one problematic crush. Like, <laughs> like this girl is fucking wild. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, it, it was a really powerful episode. Um, and I know I know a lot of people who like really have this one high on on their own like sort of um, personal standings, and and it, it earns it. It's really good. Um, I think another that aspect of the. Uh, what's it called the uh the, the like legend of how the lightsaber got there yeah i think that's another example of like that that feels in universe mm-hmm. like that feels like a story that you know through what we know empirically of how like the jedi order was um over time the story has been sort of changed and you know um legendized in the eyes of the people who are telling it um so that that felt very cool 
in that way. And then just talking about Katana Sabres uh, a few minutes ago, I think this was the best use of, of it um, in terms of how, you know, in these, in these families, you know, it's a, uh, you're, you're like sort of ceremonial family sword. Right. And, yeah. and you're even in, even in something like game of Thrones, where it's like the Valyrian steel swords, like are a legacy for your family and they're passed down and blah, blah, blah. And, um, seeing that used through a lightsaber was very cool. And then even better when that shit's ignited and it's got like the engraving, like what would be engravings, but they're sort of like, uh, I guess light writing, <laughs> like on the blade um, was again, just a really cool marriage of these, you know, Star Wars ideas and in universe um, sort of like samurai, samurai uh, warrior culture ideas coming together. Um, so that part was really cool. And then, and then, yeah, obviously everything you said about the, uh, you know, some things are stronger than blood um, sentiment. Really important. Yeah. It's like definitely sometimes blood isn't always thicker than water, but also like it's another one of those Star Wars found family stories that just is such a beautiful common thing in it's such a recurring thing. It's like even when you lose everything that, you know, you you can be found. And, uh, yeah. Oh, I love this one. I really did. Y'all, y'all touched on a lot of it, but I really, really did, did enjoy this one too. Also, Leppy! Leppy, baby! <laughs> Put we got the Leppy. bunny in Star Wars! <laughs> <laughs> got more space bunnies! Um, oh, they they the talked about that in the behind the scenes With Jack and it's right. so fucking funny because like the guy just wanted to put a rabbit in star wars <laughs> like he just wanted a bunny girl in star wars and and like yeah. lucasfilm like initially got the the things and they're like that's funny we like that and then somebody he, i can't remember who, who he was saying i think it was like his, one of his friends he's like he's like my star wars expert friend and he's like oh there's actually like a thing in star wars uh for the rabbits <laughs> And so, like, yeah, they talk about Jackson and shit, like, in the behind-the-scenes thing. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of funny that, like, the guy just wanted a bunny. <laughs> and luckily, luckily, there are bunny people in Star Wars to work with. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was really cool to see, like, the whole Jacksonville. And like you said, funny characters, it's cool. And, like, it's nice to have a, a main character that isn't human, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and again, to, to call back to what we were talking about earlier as well, the um, the idea of the the empire ruining nature, yeah, and taking over and destroying a planet through, just yeah. like, and again, it's like taking its resources by force. Um, it's, it's a great way of showing that visually and the impact of what they're doing, like slavery. Right. <laughs> um, again, and just- another thing about this thing, like the the Ocho conflict, um that I think makes it really powerful is her family aren't good. Like yeah. they are actually based like, um, they actually, I think they were based on Yakuza, which is like the Japanese mob. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the, the notion of like Ocho's conflict is, is made muddier because the family she's trying to control are not doing <laughs> nice things. 
and then the empire is also not doing nice things and and so it it made her choice less black and white and more weird at least or you know like more complicated at least for her personally and so i think that makes um that makes it just you know that extra level of conflict than you know if if they were doing totally if they were just you know so peaceful innocent um people but uh they didn't and so that that's what made made it cool yeah and it ties into the the classic star wars trope of they're still good in them mm-hmm. um it's not clear cut there are like I said, it's conflicted the same way anakin had conflicting reasons for turning to the dark side it comes from a place of love originally it just you know <laughs> devolves from there uh and i think i know we were talking about earlier don't expect sequels and stuff and you shouldn't it but in in terms of storytelling i feel like this is the most open to potentially more stories with these characters yeah um, doesn't need one again they um they straight up talk about it in the uh oh cool the behind the scenes too like um the guy's like yeah i don't know if we'll like ever do this but i'm pretty sure i like know what's happening and i hope i hope that people who watch it regardless of if we uh like do it um, I hope they see that uh, perhaps someday Lapinocho will reconcile. So oh it looks like they intend a happy ending of this Good. story. Whether we see it or not, I think that's that's sort of comforting, even if you want to sit and write Lapinocho 2, 3, 4, 5 in your head. <laughs> um, it's nice that they envision a, a nice ending. And they can be a family again. Oh, goodness. No one's ever really gone. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Let's get on to the final story. Akakiri by (laughs) Science Saru. (laughs) Okay. Fire. Fire. (laughs) I love this shit, man. Oh, this is, this is top. This is the third place one for me because man, what a fucking swing. Like, like they just, they, they went hard on this one. Um, and yeah, I love it. I love it. I'll let you, I'll let you guys jump in. (laughs) Claire. Um, the, the, just my feeling at the end of watching this, um, is just stress. (laughs) Um, yeah, this one this one it's it was a very interesting end to this entire saga you know it really you know we don't we don't get like a like a nice little happy ending to the whole star wars visions thing we get a very gray very um you know it's you know there's a lot of sacrifice that goes on um but no i i mean this one, this one is a little bit fuzzy because I remember uh, thinking that back when we were going to record the first time, um, I'm like, oh gosh, I got to make sure I finish all of them. And then this one, uh, I missed it, but I need to rewatch it. So. Um, I, I just like... remember being... <laughs> all right. I, I just want to say, I like that you use the word fuzzy because they they talk about Akakiri meaning red haze. Oh my oh. Lord. And And sort of like this idea of being blinded, um, which is the story of Subaki, right? Like um, 
I thought, I thought, for, I guess, first of all, something I love about this episode was the music. Mm. The music was so unique. Um, and, and then, yeah, just the idea of this Jedi, again, just snapshot story, right? Like, it, it's amazing how much they achieve in, in the time that they do it in. Um, but you, you see this guy who is blinded by his personal feelings, right? Which again, the core ideas of Star Wars are strong, maybe. <laughs> and, um, and it's like, I love, I think they, I think they talk about it in the behind the scenes too. I love the scene where it's like a flashback with, with his master or something. And, and the master's like, oh yeah, somebody should definitely go help them. Shouldn't be you though. And, and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go do that though. <laughs> and, um, and they, I think they debated whether or not to put that in, but I think in retrospect, that is like the linchpin of it. And, and just, you know, how it's, it's Anakin, it's, it's any sort of story of, you know, being so focused on vi- on the visions, on this idea of yeah, a self-fulfilling prophecy, um, being so focused on those things, losing your objectivity as a Jedi and, and using your powers to try and influence a situation that should have been out of your hands. Um, and, and Tsubaki loses big time in that. So yeah, I thought, I thought it's such a challenging way to have ended visions. <laughs> Cause yeah, I was, I was sort of the same where it's like, it ends and you're like, wow. <laughs> okay. then. <laughs> My- and, uh, yeah. My initial thought was, you're both, again, perfect spot on. My initial thought was, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. (laughs) I got straight up, like, vibes of Revenge of the Sith, like, leaving us there and being like, hmm, I'm happy. And, you know, you're happy. I'd say even Revenge of the Sith is happier. I yeah, you're you're 100% <laughs> correct. This is like yeah, like I talk about the duality themes of uh, tragedy and hope. There's no hope. No, we're, good luck yeah, with no, no, no. It was, it was just it was just stress and sad. <laughs> and the way again, this is like like you saying like the Japanese representation of like it felt like very much Anakin's story for me. You know the dreams and um being so like you said like clouded by the visions and not being here in the moment thinking about what you're doing and love being this you know dangerous weapon sometimes yeah um, and yeah i just really loved it i really liked the visual style of it it felt very much like another another kurosawa like it felt like the hit like you know the temple design mm-hmm. felt very much like classic kurosawa so i really loved the well, that that's that. another another thing I really love about the episode that they talk about is um, so it's sort of going back to that conversation at the beginning of you know the cultural handshake of sort of giving back. This is this is almost like the closest as of like going back to Hidden Fortress, yeah. Because it's it's the princess in the castle, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the the hero, and then even the two. The two peasants. Yes, that's um, the vibe I got throughout yeah, the whole thing. As the dro- the droids, as the you know, they're this three PO and R two, and one of one of which being George Takei, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it's 
I love that as well. I love that that was a a really like direct touchstone like reference for this. Um, and then yeah, like it it's just I lo- I, I love these episodes that you can't always put a finger on. Um, they're, they, they're a challenge and they make you sit with it. And I think, um, I think like that's, that's the power of, you know, what these, what these little stories did, you know, they're not always, they're not really cut and dry. And, and yeah, this one is, this one ends on a bummer. And, um, (laughs) I think, I think for me, like, again, you, we, we talk about these ideas of stories continuing, like the the story I think about is like, can Subaki bring himself back? Right. Like I think that is a cool jumping off point. So I think to the to the to the idea of no hope at the end. I think I want to try and believe that there can be, but it certainly doesn't end <laughs> with hope. Um, so yeah, it, it it is just a it's some cool it's some metal shit and. Um, just again, temptation, power, loss, uh, the, the trades you make in life. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff. And yeah, it's like the classic parables, the classic fables. Not every story is going to have a happy ending. Some Mm -hmm. lessons you have to be taught the hard way. Um, you know, I, I, I really appreciate it. I feel it was a really cool way to end it. Also, shout out to the bags under the eyes representation. Um, <laughs> for all those tired people out there, I felt, mm-hmm. felt very happy seeing that. The style was really cool. I, I liked the way that he, the character looked as well. I thought it was really awesome. And yeah. yeah. And the villain was cool. The villain was wild, yeah. Such a cool design. Um, it was, it was cool to make it the, was she like the, the stepmother or something of the yeah of the princess character um, secretly a Sif yeah secret secret Sif um so yeah super cool um and uh, I think there was even a shot in in the thing that really reminded me of in the Jedi when it's Ahsoka and is it Morgan is that the name of the the Beskar spear um. The Morgan Elsbeth, yeah, I think. Right. Uh, there was like a shot, like a sort of from the side view of them sort of staring each other down. And then there was one very similar in uh, Akakiri of uh, Tsubaki and the, and the Sith. So that was, that was super cool. Um, again, just sort of showing how, how much the Jedi is inspired by, by these uh, cinematic techniques as well. So... Yeah, I mean it was just really cool, and I love Henry Golding was awesome as uh, as uh, the Jedi uh, Tsubaki. A great, great performance. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Claire, got anything else to add to Akakiri before we uh, get to the questions and listener falls? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we should get to the questions and the sniffles unless you got something to add, Charlie. Um, no. <laughs> I was thinking there, I was like, do I? No, I don't. Um, yeah, so we asked on Twitter uh, and on Discord if any of our listeners had any thoughts or questions for us, and we got a few great little snippets to end this episode off. I know this is a jam-packed episode, but we wanted to give each episode its due, because, you know, it's good shit. 
Uh, let's start off with Chris, who says, Every single episode of Visions was a unique gem that highlights one of the core themes and values of Star Wars. I love each one, but The Village Bride is by far my favourite. I tear up each time I watch it. The slowness, the spirituality, the spirituality, the music, hauntingly good. And it's all capped off with a wicked pair of high heels. Lopon Ocho and The Ninth Jedi are my other two favourites. Crossing my fingers for a season two, hopefully they get Studio Ghibli aboard. That'd be wild. Wouldn't that be cool? I um, I, would cry. I just went to uh, the Academy Museum. That I've they never built been here. so jealous of you. It's it's a beautiful place, and the special exhibit now is a Miyazaki exhibit. Oh, Wait, uh. and they they don't allow you to take photos in there, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, just the stuff, that guy's own mind, that studio um, would be pretty darn cool to uh, to give some time to in, uh, in Star Wars. Like, people don't appreciate, like, how jealous I am of Nikki going to this place. When you took the photos of um, R2 and Freepio, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. That was the best room. That was like undoubtedly the best room. And of course they leave it like near the end. Oh. Um, but it's just like, yeah, there's so much cool shit in there. There's ET is in there. Oh. Um, uh, an orc mask, uh, fucking one of the Skeksis. I can't remember which one. I think it's like, <gasps> uh, I don't remember. Damn it. Um, but yeah, him, the, the fish man from shape of water <laughs> is in there. Um, so yeah, and then uh, what's the name? The uh, penguin. Yeah, Cobblepot Mansion. That's the one. Um, returns. That, that model is in is in there. So yeah. good. So much cool stuff. Uh, if you if you listen to the show, you probably like that stuff too. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, if you find yourself in LA, try and make some time for the Academy Museum. It's it's very awesome. You can go see one of Star Wars's Oscars. How cool is that? It's the uh, the visual effects Oscar is on display. So good. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Chris, for your thoughts. Um, yeah, we agree. Hopefully season two. I don't think... Um, I feel like there's, there's a good chance that it's going to get season two. I, no, with all the reviews. I think this was pretty successful. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. Uh, our next message comes from our good friend Turbo who hey, has written a little story for us, which is really sweet. Um, a few thoughts about Toby One. As you may, as you might know, my oldest son is named Luke. No surprises where that name came from. But when his little brother was born five years later, we decided against another Star Wars name, as much as I wanted Lando. We decided to name him Toby. However, the Star Wars influence is unavoidable, and Luke instantly gave him the nickname of Toby One. I guess it was his destiny. Fast forward to nine years later, Toby still loves all things cute in Star Wars. Porgs, BB-8, and Ewoks are his jam. We started going through all the episodes of Star Wars Visions, and as soon as the Toby 1 episode started, his eyes lit up, and the smile on his face was absolute joy. It was Aww. a beautiful tribute to Pinocchio and Astro Boy, whose original, human for, uh, name, whose original human name was Tobio. This weekend, Toby made a, me a birthday card with a hand-drawn Toby 1, and my heart just melted. Caught in nostalgia, caught a proud dad moment, but this was my favorite Star Wars vision by far. 
that like amazing made my eyes tear up a little bit. It is so <laughs> sweet. I I love that because um there's I've seen a lot of really good uh sort of reactions to to that story. Very like similar. Um I know Brian from from Pink Milk had a very strong uh reaction based on his kids as a parent. Um and sort of like processing that story through through their kids. So shout out shout out to the dads of Star Wars Twitter. <laughs> um really connecting to this one. That's awesome. Uh we have two more comments. These are very very quick ones. We have one from Andy, a good friend, Canadian Andy. He says it was good. Yeah. And yeah. our final was- one from what underscore tambitch at yahoo.com <laughs> said nudes. <laughs> Send cool. nudes. That's a request. That's a, that, that's a request that for us. That was a comment we got. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least what, we have their cool. address to send them back to. Send yeah. them to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's great. Watt, at Yahoo. If you have any tasteful nudes that you'd like to send to anybody, send them to what underscore tambitch at yahoo.com. Do they have to be like nipple based? <laughs> With a name like that, I feel like they've got to be. Yeah, if you want nudes from us, just nipple you know, twisting. Feel free to DM us personally. We will. I'm joking. Please don't do that to any of us, um, particularly Nikki, because he keeps getting them. Um, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> I don't even get paid, so it's like it Jesus. sucks. Um, but yeah, so yeah, um, I feel. I think we have to. That's the police. We've just rang them up because <laughs> what time bitch is creeping us out? It's true. <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's all got time for this week. What a great delve into this amazing project. Um, yeah. Star Wars Visions. I think is. there's one, there's one last concept I want to bring up for Visions. And that sure. is, uh, this, this Japanese, traditional Japanese idea of Wabi Sabi, which is a worldview centered on, um, I guess sort of like appreciating the beauty of, imperfectness <laughs> and <laughs> and incompletion i think is like the the key part um and i think that is sort of an interesting thing to add to this concept of um more right like this idea that you you can and you can live with these and enjoy these and appreciate that there is more story that could be told but not to the detriment of being like, well, why isn't there more? You know? Um, so I think, I think that's just a cool thing that is sort of used in, uh, in these stories. I think, I think Lapin Ocho uses that concept as well. Um, sort of how the family is incomplete and, you know, there's a, there's a beauty to that conflict. And, and then, and then, yeah, just in, in terms of there's still a story to be told. They're not full arcs in, in every, in every instance. So, but that's not, that's not to say they aren't amazing pieces of art. Beautiful. What was the word again? His Wabi Sabi. Okay. I'm adding that to my Tinder uh, bio. There you go. Imperfect. And doesn't finish. Yeah. I appreciate the beauty of my imperfection <laughs> and my, and my incompleteness. You just have to imagine. <laughs> You're right, Claire. 
Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, if that was on someone's Tinder bio, it would have saved me a lot of time a long time ago. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and it actually applies. So I just looked it up again. So characteristics of wabi-sabi aesthetics and principles include asymmetry, just like my nipples, <laughs> um, roughness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like my nipples. <laughs> Simplicity. Like, just like your nipples. Like my nipples and my whole life and <laughs> economy. Don't make much money. <laughs> and, uh, you know, very modest. Uh, and then the appreciation of both natural objects and the forces of nature. So, yeah. So, I, again, being serious again, I feel like this concept is just very, it's very key to these vision stories. So, again, just another neat bow. The, the way Japanese actual traditional Japanese ideas and and uh, aesthetics went into these stories to make them into this unique blend of what we know of Star Wars and and what this culture specifically brings to it. It's a it's a a beautiful endeavor. So thank you to everyone involved for making Star Wars Visions. Yes, big thank you to all the studios who um, created such great art. And hopefully we'll get to see more from you and other studios out there because uh, diversity is so important and there are so many incredible stories and talented people through different cultures. And the more we expand, the diversity is always a good thing. There's no downside to diversity in my opinion. So keep bringing us more cool stories. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening to us talk two hours long about these incredible stories. Uh, Claire, where can people find you? Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cstribs. You can catch me every Tuesday night on the Imperial Senate podcast Twitch account where I will be streaming Battlefront 2 or some other game. Uh, <laughs> at uh, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on imperial center twitch and then every sunday night i'm over at bro axioms youtube channel i'm shooting the poodoo um happy third birthday to the bro axiom channel i'm a new addition to it but i am very excited to celebrate with all of them or the third birthday of bro axiom and uh i also do the dr afra uh comic book quick shot previews so each new afra you will check out my spoiler free review on wednesday morning when it drops Perfect. Nikki? Uh, yeah, you uh, know where to find me, at Nikuishas, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. And uh, you can listen to some cool stuff I do on our Imperial Senate Patreon, um, many of which you can get for $1. And uh, those are shows like uh, Yup Nup Club, Sacred Jedi Bricks, uh, Premier League Show. It's all there for you. Go check it out. Um, you can also check out the One and Done Film Club, which is uh, a movie f- franchise um, film commentary slash watch along um, where we watch some cool shit that you probably like. And we've just recorded our season two premiere, which is going to be out very soon. Could be even be out by the time this ep- you're listening to this episode. Um, so that was over for a special sneak peek. That was our, our first episode. We chose a Shrek movie. So 
Which one did we watch? Is it your first Shrek oh film? Oh my lord. What? Is this the first Shrek film that you've done? Yeah. Because, yeah. Shrek, it's, it, Shrek, it's Shrek 2, then. So, like, yeah, so this was the this was our first and only Shrek episode. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, which of the Shreks did we watch? You Shrek, can tune I'm in to find out. Shrek 2 is my guess. Yeah. What, what a guess. What a guess. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I guess so. Like, if anyone hasn't listened, we do like a, a an argument section. So we all have to pitch one, and and fight for it. And uh, my pitch for my chosen movie was. So she said, "What's the problem, baby? What's the problem? I don't know. Maybe I'm in love." Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's where that went. Um, but yeah, that's cool stuff. Uh, you can also listen to a rewatch between worlds on the Octo Radio podcast feed. That is a celebration and rewatch commentary of Star Wars Rebels. So if you love that show, come check that out. That's a good time. I think as of recording, a new episode just came out. So check out Rise of the Old Masters. And then I think that is all my stuff. Before I jump in with my um, information. I do want to comment on something, which is to, to jump off Nikki's point. Have you seen the music video for Accidentally in Love? I don't think I have. <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking music video in the world. <laughs> so it's about this boyfriend who's like a bit of a loser. And he's got a girlfriend who's the blonde one from uh, the Pussycat Dolls. Mm-hmm. And there's a rabbit. There's like a cartoon rabbit who's like trying to fuck the girlfriend and like win her over. Yeah. While this That's guy, right, what happens normally? While this, while this guy is like making breakfast for her. Mm-hmm. That I think that's all I can remember of the of the music you've, video. You've never experienced that personally. I no, I've never been cucked by a cartoon bunny. Well, yet. So what happens when you have tricks in the house? Oh no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll leave a camera yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And and also before we go, I just want to say if you've listened to this and you haven't yet watched the filmmaker filmmaker focus special features for visions, definitely check those out. They they're full of all sorts of delightful um nuggets and info drops and just watching watching Star Wars fans make Star Wars is fucking great. So watch those. Perfect. Uh, but, but you can find me on Twitter at CMWASHBY and on Instagram at Charlie MW Ashby. You can listen to my other shows via the Charlie Ashby Network, available on all podcatchers. That includes my shows The Charlie Ashby Show, Pond Division, and Batman Returns. You can also commission writing, Photoshop, and editing work by me by visiting my Kofi. All links to my socials and the network can be found on my link tree, which in turn is located in my Twitter bio. Check it out. Again, thank you all so much for listening to us. We'll be back next time with another show. But until then, goodbye. Bye. Peace. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Imperial Senate Podcast. If you would like to hear more from the Senators, please visit our website at imperialsenatepodcast.com. There you will find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as our Discord server, Twitch, and YouTube channels. You can also email us at imperialsenatepodcast at gmail.com. And please consider leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thanks, and may the force be with you.